welcome to the Once and Future Authors Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm super excited today to be joined by uh, Darlene, who's not just an author, she is a visionary. Uh, Darlene Williams is the head of the Higher Level Method. She's got books going out galore. And I just said to her a second ago, my gosh, I better hit record because I'm just going to miss all the good stuff here. You are a powerhouse. Thank you so much for joining me, Darlene Williams. Thank you for having me. It takes one to know one. Oh, <laughs> you know, so many times when people name a business or a book or something, the higher level method, my first thought is you're reaching a little bit there, don't you think? But not you. You're not reaching. You're living it. So uh, start us in there. And then I want to talk about all the huge effects you have in your community, because you are just amazing what you're doing for for women and for writers and for so many people, but uh, get us going. What got, what started you on this path? Thank you so much. So, you know, what happened was my company wasn't always named the higher level method. It was first named inner beauty solutions. Your beauty, you're beautiful on the outside when you recognize your beauty on the inside. And it coincided with me doing um, personal development for young girls, ages eight to 18. And, um, my book, How to Be a Young Lady, Your Total Guide for Being the Best Possible You, an interactive personal development book for girls. Um, it contains all of these wonderful things and some um, folks who have contributed to the book being as great as it is. We are about to do the third edition soon. Mm. But what happened is one of um, my friends, she we had lost contact. She heard about me doing a book signing at an event. And she came to the book signing, fell in love with the book, and she was looking to uh, create an anthology, a business anthology with women. So she called her female friends who had businesses to participate. And I initially rejected it because I was so busy. And she said, darling, I really need you in this project. And I said, I would love to do it, but I, I just don't have the time. And she said, well, when you need something done, you ask busy people. So I'm asking you, she says, and I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about it. She calls me back in about 15 minutes and she was like, all right, so here are all of the things that's going down with the book. And I'm like, oh, really, is she for real? So she was like, it's only 1500 words. I'm like, I don't have time to write 1500 words. So I said, you know what, let me do this. I did it. And before you know it, I had to tweak it because I had more than I was supposed to have. Uh, so once that book was published, it was a phenomenal book, Network to Increase Your Net Worth by Tony Coleman Brown. She is the compiler of that book. What happened was folks started contacting me, asking me to coach them and work with them. But keep in mind, this was personal development for girls and it was inner beauty solutions. And some of my clients now or prospective clients at that point were older women and men. Yes. So Inner Beauty Solutions was not really befitting. <laughs> so I tweaked it and I started calling it D. Aiken and Associates. Okay. So then I got this uh, one client. His name is Bill. Love him. Uh, Bill is a multimillionaire. And I only say this for a reason because he asked me to do some things for him and to coach him and to um, help him uh, scale his business. And when I told him what I could do for him, because he's so phenomenal, 
he literally called me everything but a child of God. Um, when I made it happen, he was floored and he said, you need to add worldwide onto your company. So I said, worldwide? I said, I'm not worldwide, Bill. I said, pump your brakes. So he says, what you're going to be because I have clients that I want to refer. And sure enough, some of the clients were overseas. Wow. Some of them were here and, you know, they were back and forth. So then I was like, well, I guess I'm adding worldwide. So then it became D. Aiken and Associates Worldwide. Mm -hmm. As I started working in that capacity, it was no longer befitting um, because I then came up with the higher level method because I wanted to go to a higher level. Mm -hmm. And I took on this celebrity client and she was, you know, battling with me. She says, no, Dolly, I don't see it this way. Everything I said, she was like, no, I don't see it that way. I see it this way. And I say, here's the reason why I see it this way. And then my slogan came to me, higher level thinking plus higher level performance equals higher level results, period. And I said that to her and she said, I like that. You should make it a slogan. And it occurred to me, I said, you know what? I am. And I did. Yep. Because the thing that I was trying to convey to her was, you don't see what I see because you're locked tunnel vision in your way of thinking. When you elevate your way of thinking, then you can elevate, elevate your manner in which you perform. She says, but you don't know what you don't know. I said, that's why you have me. Love that. Because I that. give you new information. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's actionable. You know, sometimes right. people think I want to get to the next level in my life. I don't even know what that is or how to get there. And, and your slogan and your method, make it something that they can take a step on today. Right. You know, and that's so important for people. I love that you started this whole process working with young girls as, as a mother of a daughter <laughs> and, yeah. uh, Somebody who has uh, taught young girls for so, it's so important. It really is. You know, my husband spoke on a panel just this past uh, Saturday. He actually was on a panel for domestic violence and they wanted to hear from a male perspective about why men do the way they do and how they act and what activates them and motivates them and all of these things. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, many of the men on the panel were talking about was activation like now right and I know I'm a, a huge proponent of that you know not putting off because you know there was a time when I had put off so much because I was like oh you know what I have the talent to do that but I'll do it tomorrow tomorrow became next week next week became next month dot 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 so as you get older you get wiser or you should right and the thing I realized is what am I putting it off for mm -hmm. to do what right I so I had sat around so long and had great ideas and didn't activate them. And I saw where other people were doing things that I hadn't even talked to, didn't even know. And now they're doing the same things that I was doing. But get this, Stephanie, in many instances, they were doing these things and had less, far less credentials than I had. But they were doing them. I became annoyed. Yeah. So I said, what, what is the difference? And the difference is activation. Yeah. Right? So I push my clients to act now, not tomorrow, not next week, not even the next hour. Do it now. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, too often we think when I have time, 
if I had money down the line. No, no, now. Right. Okay. Now, yeah, because you attract what you're doing, right? And you made a key point. If I had money, there were so many times when I was first starting off that I didn't have the money that I needed to 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 do things. But guess what happened? Money came or resources that I didn't have to pay for came in place of it. Right, right. So now the money that I started off needing, I needed less of it because I got a plethora of resources to take the place of what I would have normally had to spend money for. Well, like you said, once you start taking steps forward, then you attract. You yes. can't attract until you take those steps forward. You know, last summer I was fortunate enough to go down to the Amazon River on a trip to see the wildlife and we mm. went piranha fishing. And at first I was a little like, do I really want to be doing this? <laughs> but, you know, it, it just so came to me now when you said this. Very simple, rudimentary. I was with an indigenous guide. He had a stick with a string and they would just one little hook and put a little piece of meat or something on it. Well, all you did was fling it into the water. Your little stick, you just fling it in. Nothing fancy. Right. The second that meat hit the water, you could see whoosh yeah. oh, oh terrifying they're only about this big but whoosh and they were attracted instantly the second you put it in almost a second later you had to yank it out with a fish on it because they were attracted but if i just stayed there on the shore and didn't fling it in right i don't even see the fish. Right. And they're not attracted to anything. So you're you're saying all you need to do, just take that one step. All I did was just fling it out there. An attraction. And you but you have to start. You have to. You have to start. Because how how will people know that you exist? And you know the thing that I say is that it's very selfish to not start. Mm. Because you know what? We all are born with talents, gifts, and abilities. So when you hold that to yourself, you're being selfish because we were not put here to be to live in isolation. Nope. Right. I mean, when you think about the, the things we wear, the things we use, books we read, the homes we live in, cars, right. jewelry, whatever it is, someone made that. Mm -hmm. And had they said no, eh, I don't want to do it. Where would we be? Right. Where, where would we be if the creators of uh, Zoom or the internet said, you know what, just gonna sit here and do nothing. I have a good idea, but mm. you're absolutely right. It is very selfish. I'm, I'm glad you said that because too often people think that the opposite, that, oh, why would I, you know, try to do this business or that's being selfish. No, 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 you're actually being selfish by withholding your gifts. Right, because we need your gifts. You were put here for get to get to share your gifts. That's right. And, and the gifts are not for you; they're for other people. Exactly. And the analogy I use is like you can have the best brain surgeon, right? But he or she can't on oh, themselves. Brand no. Nope. They nope. need the next best one. Exactly. But if nobody That's became a brain surgeon, yeah. Where would be need? Oh, I love that. I love that thought that we really need to get a move on because Absolutely. the world is waiting for us. And there are people yeah. out there who are waiting for what you have to give. Absolutely. You're denying us your talents, gifts, and abilities. 
That's awesome. No, that is absolutely awesome. And somebody needs to hear that right now. Somebody absolutely. who's sitting there not doing anything needs to hear that. Absolutely. You were not put here to sit in isolation. And to, you know, that's what rocks and not rocks don't even do that because rocks grow. <laughs> and sometimes they even roll downhill and then they get going. And that's yeah. what we need to do. Yeah. So it's yeah. time. So whoever is out there and they're hearing this, let's get a move on it. We need what it is you have, what you've been blessed with. Absolutely. So you started with young girls, which is such an important facet. And I know that you've grown, you've gone global, you have older people, men, et cetera, but you're still working with some girls. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> a passion of mine. And you know, I'm the mother of a son. So my, my, my goal, um, not only because, you know, I grew up a certain way. You know, my parents were phenomenal. Were they perfect? No, but they were perfect for me, right? Um, but having a son, I wanted him to know what to look for in a mate. And it obviously worked because I have the best daughter in love in the world. Absolutely, hands down, unequivocally, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, and I heard you say daughter in love. Yes, yeah, she's my daughter in love. Um, because I absolutely love her. And, um, you know, I couldn't have picked a better, he couldn't have picked a better person had I picked her myself, right? I probably would have done a bad job at it because he, <laughs> he did such a great job. And and I, I owe it to, you know, doing some of the work that I've done at an early age because he used to come with me to help me. He was my helper. So he would help disseminate the papers, um, help me clean up you know, and he was there. So he would hear these messages of etiquette and how to behave and how to conduct yourself as a young lady. Right. And there were things that I would have him do when we would walk down the street. Let's say if we went to the city, we would walk down the street. I would have him walk on the outside. I said, men always walk on the outside. You never let a lady walk. And he would tell me, mommy, get on the inside. Or he would just come around. Right. And you know, some of the things that I see that he's doing and I'm just like, yeah, you taught him well, but you taught him by example too. I mean, goodness gracious. You were, you were telling me once about you have multiple degrees yourself. You were going to school when your son was going to school. Your husband is still going to be going to more and more school. Tell education is obviously incredibly important. Education is incredibly important. But let me say this. I was a single mother raising my son. I didn't get married until later. So you had to do this on your own. Yeah. I mean, my my tribe was phenomenal. Like my parents and my brother, phenomenal. You know, my church family, phenomenal. And I just made sure to put my son in certain situations. Um, like he didn't, it, foundationally, he didn't go to traditional school. I had him in like a grassroots vegetarian school right? It was very cultural centered. And um, they were a different religion. The, you know, we're non-denominational and they were a different religion than we were. So the religious aspect wasn't what we were going for. We were going more for the grassroots because one of the things that I, I needed to have happen was him being a young black boy growing up in America. I had to put him around um, in, in atmospheres where he saw positive black men holding um, different positions so that he knew he could aspire to a thing. He could be a teacher. He could be a principal. He could start a school. Um, he could do whatever it is he wanted to do unless he decided he didn't want to do it. 
right. but not because he didn't see images of it. So I was very strategic about, you know, where he went to school foundationally. It wound up, it, it paid up, off in many ways, but one way in particular that made me proud was when he was in college. Um, my son plays basketball and he was really good. Like people just scouted him and wanted him. He went, he actually went on a full scholarship and they wanted him to go. He, he had a choice to go academically or athletically. And, you know, there were some folks in my ear saying, oh, do academic. I said, no, we're going where the money is. I said, he possesses both. So we're going where the money is and he can then, you know, benefit from the ac the academic while benefiting from the, the, the money aspect as well. And he was in college and he had a little mishap with one of the coaches and the coach, he was at a junior college and the, the coach said to him, he said, um, Malik, I want you to take off your shades. You're inside. So he says, well, I'm, I'm inside. I'm getting ready to take off my shades, but give me a moment. And the coach, he didn't move quick enough for the coach and the coach got mad and he began to say all of this ugly stuff to him. And he said, um, well, if you don't, um, do this, then I'm not going to give you the award tonight. So Malik said, that's fine. And when he realized, the coach realized he couldn't strip him by saying that, he he gave the MVP award to another player. So he was a little annoyed by that. But he said to me, he said, you know what, mom? He said, I'm a winner without that. He says, and you know, the other thing is, the person who got the MVP knows that the MVP belongs to me because after all, he had gotten the write-up in the newspaper and everything. Wow, okay. So it was all over. And at this point, he had other colleges scouting him. So when right. it came time for him to transfer to another college, he could have either decided to get a degree from the junior college and go, or he could just go because he came in as a qualifier. So he told me, he says, mom, I don't want to get a degree from this school. I just want to transfer over. He said, you were the one who told me that education gives me choices. He said, so I don't want to get a degree from here. I want to exercise my ability to choose to go to the next college and be appreciated there and get a degree from that school. And that's what he did. So, you know, I was like this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you taught him so much about inner strength and making choices, thinking things through. I mean, that was all so yeah. important for him to rely yeah. on, you know, inside. Right, because that's all you have, Stephanie. You know, people can flip-flop on you at any point. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes it's not a malicious thing. They just don't have what it takes to help you get to the next level. You know, and I always tell them, no one's coming to save you. Mm. The only person that can save you is God. So stay tapped into him. Right. Because when you're tapped into God, he gives you that inner strength because you're going to have to move alone a lot of times. No, that's important. It's important for people to know, not in a cynical way, but really yourself yeah, and God. That's right. You know, it's nice to have other people. I'm so glad you had a tribe of people, yes. a community, but really you have to know when push comes to shove, who's left. Yeah. I mean, even with my tribe, there were times when I had to, you know, I had to say, listen, you know, they, they were like, you know, we don't really agree with you. I said, that's okay. I got this. Yeah. 
and I was shaking in my boots sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But but my inner core said, Darlene, no one in your family has ever done it this way. Because I was the first, I was the first to go to college. I was the first single parent. You know, so I was a lot of firsts. Mm. And there were times when Stephanie, I tell you, I didn't have a blues clue. Really? But there was this inner voice that said, Darlene, do it this way and you won't be sorry. Mm. And that's what I did. And you knew, and you knew, you know, and that's important. You have yeah. to know, you have to know you. Right. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about writing because you are out there working with people one-on-one -on -one in groups, I guess as an author show, we should talk about writing a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could talk to you about all that other stuff till the cows come home. And you know, oh, we have, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. What was your turning point? You know, you, you're working with people, you're working on yourself and you, I could see in you that who I'm talking to today, tomorrow, you're, you're still going. You know, yes. like you're not going to be the same tomorrow as you are today. Yes. But what did you realize, you know, to put it all down, to get it in book form when, you know, because you've done that a number of times, whether you were a contributor or whether you were the ringleader. Right. Well, you know, I have to tell you, teachers are so important in children's lives. Mm. And um, I don't know if people really understand how integral they are. So I remember being in high school. And we had to write a series of stories and compositions. That's what they call them back then, compositions. Yeah. Essays didn't come until you got into college, really. <laughs> so we had to write some compositions. And uh, my teacher, Mr. Schiavo, he said to me, he says, you know, Darlene, I love the way you write. He said, you could write yourself out of a paper bag. And I felt so proud because I didn't know. I didn't know if I was a good writer or a bad writer. I just never gave it thought. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that to me and it just sparked something in me. And I said, at that point, I said, I wanted to become an author, but I never knew anyone who was an author. So I put it off. I never pursued it, but I continued to write and I just never did anything with it. And then finally, when I got to be you know, a woman of a certain age, I just started saying, you know, Darlene, there are things you're putting off that you really need to be doing. How do you do? How do you get started? And then I realized that I had all of this stuff that I had written over a period of time. And I said, you know what? Go for it and see what happens. So when my first set of books came in, you know, came, I went through iUniverse. Mm. That goes to show you how long ago that was. That was the only <laughs> that was the only way you could go as a as an independent author. Right, right. And um, the books came in the mail. I was so proud of them. And I looked inside the book, and I was just like, "Wow!" But then, upon further inspection, I said, "Wait a minute, this is a typo. This doesn't make sense. This is not." I said, "This is not a good representation. I got to do this over." But I didn't know. Right, right. How to do it over. It's a huge, I mean, yeah. everything in life is a huge learning experience, but I love that you had gotten to a certain age, whatever that age was, and realized, you know what? This is pressing on my heart. I need yeah. to get this out in a way that is tangible and accessible that, you know, there's only so many hours in the day for you to talk right. to people. But when you put 
that experience and wisdom on the pages, then you're accessible 24 seven. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I just decided, you know what, go for it. I went for it. And even with the way I, I wasn't pleased the way it represented who I was, I had to keep it out there for a moment until, mm. you know, again, put yourself out there. Attraction, right? Right, right. Uh, it attracted this young woman who at this point had probably written like five or six books. She's up to 18 books now, ah. but uh, she was self-publishing. And I said to her, I said, you know, I got to do some things over with my book. And I like, you know, I saw some of your books and I like them. You know, can you tell me how to go about it? She goes, oh, well, I'm a self-publisher. I can help you do whatever. We did the graphic arts. We did all of this stuff. And um, I got one of my good friends, Kim Hampton, WNBA legend. I said, would you be willing to write the foreword? And she said, yes. I sent uh, this woman, you know, pictures and all kinds of things. And she put it together. I loved it. The second edition, when I tell you it, we went from here to here. Wow. And it was just amazing. Yeah. So, but again, it would have never been amazing had I not executed. That's right. That's right. You know, there's a a statistic I often mention that the book expo said that 90% of the people in the world want to write a book. 90%. 90%. If you so if you walk down the street, and I actually believe that statistic because every time I'm in a, a room someplace new and people say, oh my gosh, you're a publisher. I want to write a book. I did write a book. I have a book in my drawer. I have a book in my, everybody tells me all of this stuff. Every day I get emails and notices, but you are so right because if 90% want to write a book, you know what percentage actually do write a book? 40? Like like less than one really yeah how sad is that less than one because they're not doing what you're saying execute 90 percent want to do this and they're not doing it would be that low wow it's so low so how what 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 can you tell people that you're obviously if we're doing this and it's 90 percent, so most people listening are in that bucket. They want to do it. Yeah, I didn't know it was, well, what I will say is that I feel good because, you know, with uh, anthologies, and now now you're making me think, I have to go back and look at the numbers and look at the people who I, who I have gotten to participate in my books because many times they're first-time authors. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, um, I feel good that I'm doing, I'm helping to do something about increasing those numbers, right? You're literally, that is, that is some, everybody's bucket list item. Most people, that's what they want to accomplish and you're helping them to do it. And I didn't realize it was so low. Huge. I mean, even those people that are with you that are first time authors in your, you know, anthology, those people before they came to you were in that 90%. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, you know, writing a book is not easy. No. And it, it takes, if the, the smallest book takes the uh, yes. amount of years or longer yep, to write yep. a, a huge book, right? And, you know, I took for granted so many times, you know, about writing a book. 
because there are some women who they really have a tough time just writing a chapter. Mm, and yeah. my chapters are from, I tell them, 1,500 to 2,500 words. And when I tell you, I'm sure I don't have to tell you. <laughs> I don't have to tell you the, the, how the pushback that you get. And sometimes people say, you know what? I can't do this. I want to withdraw. Right. When somebody called you for it, you did it. You have those gifts. And I'm yeah. so glad you're sharing them. Yeah. I, you know, we have to, Stephanie. That's yeah. why we were put here. That's right. That's exactly why we were put here. You know, and if we don't share, we're selfish. Yeah. And, and you're lonely. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. It's not just altruistic to be sharing your gifts. It actually improves your life. Yeah, it, it really does. It's going to attract people. You know, yeah. you, you said earlier, um, the, bo the book that you first were a contributor on uh, was Network to Increase Your Net Worth. Yes. But it also, you know, we network, and it's not just net worth, that number on Financially, paper. right. No, it's our inner network. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I can't begin to tell you how I'm still in contact with some of the women that I met through that anthology. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, I love picking people's brain. In fact, I was at my niece's, um, she has a th she had a thing that she called the book nick. Mm -hmm. And it, it got rained out, so we wound up being inside. But it was so awesome. And you know, they asked us, what does the, what is the mood that reading puts you into? And I said, I don't know that I can describe, and we had to use one word. I said, I can't, I don't know that I can describe it as a, a mood. I said, but what I think of when I read is lobotomy. And they were like, what? So I said, yeah, because I get to go inside someone's brain and pick it apart when they write. I get to know who you are, how you think, how you feel, how you move, you know, what rocks your world, whatever it is that's coming from you. So I've gone inside of your brain to get this whenever I open up a book. And I love that. Yes. And and like I said earlier, it's accessible all the time because you can't right. always be with those people. You know, right. you have given us so many things. And I just want to kind of recap. I mean, first, execute do yeah. something you could think about these things till the cows come home and right. honestly you know if we wait until everything's perfect until you have the time the money the yeah. plan you're going to be waiting your whole life right right you what know? i always say is um there's never a pinnacle mm -hmm. but there is always the next level there is always a higher level right perfection is something that you'll you'll never get anything done because perfection if you're waiting for perfection then you're paralyzed yeah no that's a great thought we just want to get up one level even if it's just one step on a staircase right now just right. one yeah we're not asking you to climb the whole building right you right know? absolutely it's not Do right and don't rest on your laurels because you know what is ceiling behavior here on the next floor is floor behavior because the ceiling on this floor is the floor on the next level. So it's no longer appropriate, you know, so to say, oh, I've done this, I've done that. So what? Because now that you've done this, you've reached the ceiling, it has brought you to the next level, which is now the floor. So mm -hmm. now you have more climbing to do.
or more growing to do to get to the ceiling of the next level. No, super true. Do something, folks. If you're do listening something. to this, do something. And do it now. Today, this moment, as soon as you turn this off. Absolutely. Do something. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I've also learned from, from you today so much about collaboration, community, network. You know, we're here. Humans are social creatures. We're actually part of a whole network. And, and plug into that. Yeah, it's so important because you know what, you know, there was some years ago when I had uh, volunteered to help uh, female inmates read mm. at a female correctional facility in the city over by Chelsea Piers. And I went there. I was young when I did this. I, my son was, no, I wasn't even thinking about having children. And I went there. Um, thinking, you know, I'm going to help these ladies read. I'm going to, you know, really, you know, do whatever and help them and they could get their GED. They could do this. Well, when I went in there, the ones who needed to learn how to read didn't want to. The ones who already knew how to read, they were the ones who, who gravitated toward the program. And they taught me so much. It blew my mind. So I went in there with the mindset of teaching them and they taught me so much. I was just like, I felt like I was, I felt like I was cheating. Yeah, because <laughs> I was there to do a thing for them, and they did so much for me. And that's so going with open minds. The more you do for others, the more you're going to get back. You're oh, going to get back in tenfold, at least absolutely. Yes. And, and I'm so glad, and I'm going to repeat it like till the cows come home. If you don't give of yourself, if you don't go for that next level, you are actually withholding your gifts. The world is waiting for those yeah. gifts. There are people out there who need what you have. Yes. I can't tell you how many times strangers have come up to me and said, thank you so much mm -hmm. because you have confirmed what I was thinking or feeling or wanting to do. Excellent. No, it's, it's so true. It is so yeah. true. I want to tell all of our viewers where to find you. Certainly you can find Darlene at the higher level method.com. That's a great place to find Darlene. Uh, where else should they be looking? Um, I'm on Instagram at the higher level method as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. So for all of you who are listening today, we want you to take some action, whatever that next step is in your life. And if you're among the 90% and it's a book, get a piece of paper and just start immediately. And Darlene, you're still going. So I, I want to get you back on because if we're like interviewing here, I know I'll <laughs> be there next time. Listen, the pleasure is all mine. You call me anytime and I'm here. I will. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me.